Good afternoon. You are listening to WLPNLP Chicago 105.5 FM. This is Lumpen Radio. Up right now, it is time for Radio Free Bridgeport, and I do promise you a John Daly. Broadcasting from the community of the future. Live from the co-prosperity sphere, this is Radio Free Bridgeport. And now your host, Mr. John Daly. Well, welcome. You know, today... uh, I, I am extremely thrilled to be able to present this show today. John, uh, the regular John Daly, John Daly the Younger, uh, is actually in Springfield today. I believe he's working on a piece of legislation. So a couple uh, months ago when I was out, um, I sent a ringer in to be with John, and of course that was my father, Jerry Trecker. Today, John has returned the favor and sent in a ringer, his father, John Daly. So, John, welcome to the show. Thank you well, so thank much you. for joining yeah, us. I need to be with you. This is amazing. So... John, you, by the way, how did you guys distinguish yourself at, at home? What did you call John when he was a kid? Uh, little John. Little John. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to remember that, yeah. and I think we're going to— JR. JR. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to remember that. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, John Daly's had a, l- a long career in politics. You're involved in Cook County politics, and, and some of the things we want to discuss today— um, because, you know, I do sometimes play clueless on this show, but I am genuinely actually a little bit clueless about Cook County and, and county politics. You are running for committee men, right, yes. in this coming election, unopposed, but you are on the ballot. Could you start off by discussing a little bit about what Cook County does? Because I, you know, living here in Chicago, I think some people get the impression that it's Chicago and then the state but there's a large governmental body that exists with it. And Cook County is one of the largest economic uh, divisions in North America, correct? It, it is. And it, as you said, uh, people relate to the state government and mostly to their local government. But Cook County plays a very vital role. We at Cook County, there's 17 Cook County commissioners. The chief executive is Tony Preckwinkle, and there are 11 other elected officials. Uh, the president is the executive. Uh, she is responsible for presenting the budget w- from the other elected officials. And we as county commissioners will, when the budget is presented, will go through that through the department heads uh, as well as all the electeds come for their individual hearings. We will question the electeds on their budget, what's going on in their uh, office, and if they need additional money. Uh, they all want additional money, mm-hmm. but none of them will come ask for revenue. So we ask them, uh, what, what, why do you need this, and will you support any revenues? And if you need revenues for your, your office, then you, what suggestions do you have? So what does Cook County then spend money on? Because, you know, here in, in the city, I, I keep thinking of, you know, the city of Chicago is spending it on roads, bridges, police, fire. So what what is well, Cook County responsible for? We're responsible for the public safety and health. That's the vast majority of our budget. Okay. So we run Stroger Hospital. We run a number of ambulatory centers. We have Providence Hospital. Okay. And then the us, unfortunately, we run the jail system okay. as well as juvenile detention. The vast majority of our budget is, if you add them together, public safety and health is in the about 67, 68% of our budget is in those two areas. Uh, and uh, so you have the hospital. You have Stroger Hospital, a great hospital that is uh, under has some question, problems recently. But that we provide charity care for more than any other hospital in the, in the city. Um, we have the largest percent of uncompensated care uh, in, the city, in the city of Chicago. 
uh, the taxpayers pay for it. Right. And what we're as we approach this year, um, in twenty uh, this year and going forward, is that the other private hospitals step forward and do more. They do a lot now. They they are doing uncompensated care, and they are doing health fairs and all centers, uh, health fairs as well as education for young doctors providing scholarships in the minority for minority students but we cannot continue to provide this uncompensated care at the rate that we're growing um, we also have county care which which is an individual if they meet this percent of poverty level that they could sign up for county care that provides full health care for them it's um, full health care and they once they are enrolled they could go to our services at Stroger or other any other hospital in the in the county and we provide the health pay their bill so this is Stroger's a trauma center too trauma right? is probably one of the best trauma centers in the country okay doctors who are be throughout their training all but would like to come to uh, come to Stroger to be trained. Mm-hmm. It is a great trauma center. It's one of it's uh, Stroger. We have Christ Northwestern and uh, University of Chicago open one else, and I believe there's one other one. Okay, so when you just so people get the a clear picture, you basically the Cook, the Cook County system is responsible for covering all the health care for people that go to Stroger. For example, if somebody's injured and they're sent uh, to Stroger that care is is picked up by the county unless obviously they've got some kind of other insurance right, or anything right. and this is a massive undertaking I mean it, it, it must be in the tens of millions of dollars a year we do we try to provide and if anyone comes in we provide uh, health care no matter what their means are we try to get them enrolled in county care okay. Medicaid as well as well as Medicare and those are the areas we try to enroll them in. It is amazing the number as as well uh, as people who come in who have no coverage whatsoever. We have a tremendous amount of young people who believe I'm ex- very healthy. I don't need yeah. health care and will not pr- pay for it. Right. Um, even though under the Obamacare uh, Affordable Care, they still believe I don't need it. But right. yet they come into the hospital. They're got unfortunately in a terrible accident. Right. They need insurance, and we were able to provide it for it. Yeah, and of course, unfortunately, you know, I, I'm on the marketplace system with Obamacare as well. Yeah. So it, that, that's been a, a, a life changer. But it is amazing how much money still the county has to pump into health care and yeah. what a major expense that is for you. What is the county doing to try to maybe bring health care costs down for, for taxpayers? What we're doing is to, number one, get people enrolled. Okay. And that is a key because if – and get them at, we're opening ambulatory centers and trying to provide people with health care early on rather than waiting later until they have a illness. We have, we're opening, we just opened and we'll be opening a center in a new clinic in Blue Island in North Riverside. Mm-hmm. We have, and we have it up in Palatine and as well as numerous other sites. And what we're asking is just, and we open a new one uh, right adjacent to the Stroger Hospital to urge people to come in, not to use the emergency room as their primary care center, to come into these centers and get their health care right at, right at the at the clinics. Okay. And it is great quality care. We have the core center, the largest HIV center and contagious throughout the country. And um, that is 
Uh, I'm as chair of, of the mm-hmm. of the core center. We provide great quality care. Um, I've been on there that board since it it opened, and you have seen the tremendous change. People are living longer. So when we opened it initially, it was a death sentence, and people were coming there. Yeah. And none, none, we also had the fear of people did not want to be identified walking into the center. Right. It was a debate whether or not it should be called an HIV center, right. and that they, they definitely said no on that. Uh, but people are living with HIV. And now we're able to, we have to repurpose that core center to meet the needs of the, those patients today. So the other side of this is public safety. And what do you, is this, are we talking about sheriffs? Are we talking we about? about the sheriff, public okay. defender, the state's attorney's office, okay. as well as the clerk of the circuit court and the chief judge. Okay. And all of those, uh, Tom Dart, the sheriff of the county has said, you know, uh, the, and he, we've seen a tremendous reduction in, in, in individuals at the at the uh, jail, mm-hmm. um, but he has said it, and it is probably true. He probably has the largest mental health center in the country. Right. And the anyone in, who who goes into the jail, they do a screening and they are evaluated for mental health on mental health services and needs. And we we the taxpayers of this county provide those services to them. Now, why I guess why is the system? I mean. Uh, this may be an obvious question, but I honestly don't know the answer. Why is the system set up so that it is the county's responsibility to provide these things and not the city's or the state's? Well, the state does have a responsibility, and okay. we also uh, – but the county picked this up. Um, Health care is a state, really a state responsibility. Okay. But we picked it up under the county when, X amount of years ago and provide that we should provide health care to the – individuals in Cook County. We do have an agreement with the state uh, for reimbursement, mm-hmm. and we get, a, as a safety net hospital, like the other hospitals through who are safety net are provide, are paid through the state uh, as a safety net hospital. We have val- challenges, as you might have read a week or two, uh, two weeks ago, there are four hospitals right. in the city that are going to merge. Yes. We at Providence Hospital, we are right in the, in the center of that. Mm-hmm. So the administration at the hospital decided they would hold back on building a new Providence to see how these hospitals, and they are, they are Mercy, they are St. Bernard, right. they are uh, Tri- uh, Trinity and South Shore, Shore, and to see how the health care today is going, going to be totally different from 10, 20 years ago. And that's what these four hospitals will address. And I believe we should be in that Providence Hospital will be in the mix as well. So there, if I correct me if I'm wrong here, they're trying to get scale together, right? Because they were, I mean, I know Mercy obviously serves, you know, people in this neighborhood Right. As and well. as you know, they merged a number of years ago right. with Trinity. Right. Um, and, Tri- and then Trinity also has Loyola Hospital. Right. But I think these four hospitals which serve primarily the south side of Chicago mm-hmm. and south suburbs, have to decide where they're, they're going to be in the future and how they could work together in making sure the quality care that they're providing now will continue to the city 10, 15 years from now. And all four hospitals are committed to that. So, because, I mean, I think there was some concern when I first read that story that people would uh, lose some of the care that they were used to. I know they're trying to form also some more, I guess, ambulatory and centers and, right. and smaller care centers. And I think that's a wave. I think they will have one 
my understanding when I read the story, they will have one primary hospital, maybe 200 beds, and then have a, maybe an ambulatory south and mm-hmm. uh, further and north on the north side of these four. Because that's where you, ambulatory will pr- provide probably outpatient surgery. Right. Those are the individuals who only have to spend a couple of hours in the hospital. Right. Uh, but they're all competing against each other, and they can't continue to survive. There are four great hospitals who have been committed to the south side for their t- the, since they, d- they existed, yeah. and they are going to conti- provide continue to provide top quality care. Yeah, I can't say nothing but good things about Mercy. I've I've had right. experiences I've, over there. I, I've been to Mercy, and, and I think it's an excellent hospital. Yeah, no, they've done a good job. How did you personally get involved with the healthcare debate? I mean, this is one of the big issues of our time. You know what I mean? Obviously, with President Obama uh, making it a signature issue, forming the Affordable Care Act, and it is now today a, a major uh, topic of discussion among Democratic candidates. And even um, I, I will be charitable and say that, you know, certain Republicans have talked about health care. But how did how did you personally get involved with this as, as a main focus? Well, mainly it's being on the county board. This is the vast majority of your budget. And when you see between that and public safety, you know that is a mission that the county has been dedicated to, and we have to continue to provide these services. The challenge will be, is as we look forward, is we as a county board member uh, represent the taxpayers, and we have to make sure that the, we continue to provide that excellent care under good management. Uh, we do have an independent board that are appointed by the president and approved by the county board. They, the independent board and the management that they approve, run the day-to-day operations. All these individuals who serve on the board serve at no pay whatsoever. They are individuals who are very, very dedicated. And uh, we're in the process now of um, looking to see how, when it was created 12 years ago, there has to be some adjustments made to the the, uh, independent board whether it, um, I don't think, the, they, I know the president has been criticized for taking, wanting to take control over it. I think her position is she would want the a cooperation, a little better co- cooperation, because about a year ago we found out that we, at the end of the, this year, uh, last year I should say, we had a huge shortfall and it right. was was never, we're blamed, the taxpayers are the end up the, the county board members have to pay the bill for the taxpayers, right. but the independent board has been criticized. And I'm not saying to criticize it, but I think they should. But they have to get a better handle on the um, revenues over there. Yeah. How did you – I mean, this may seem like a strange question because, I mean, obviously you grew up in a political family. Um, and I have to ask, you know, I, I grew up in a family of, of broadcasters and sports writers and, and teachers. And when I went into um, this job um, – I don't. I don't want to say there was pressure on me, but it was. There were some expectations, outside expectations. My parents were great; they never put any pressure on me. But you grew up in a, in a political family. How did you? I guess first of all, decide to go into politics, and then decide to go into county government. And was there feedback from your parents or your brother or, or people like that? You know, my parents taught all of us: do whatever you're happy with. Okay, and uh, my. Uh, sisters were all public school teachers. Right. So to me, that's the greatest public ser- uh, public service to the uh, teachers of the city of Chicago or throughout the country. That is great public service. I was never pres- pressured uh, to go into 
government. Uh, my dad would always say, do whatever you want and be happy. For my first couple of years, I did teach in the uh, Chicago Public School as right. a substitute. Uh, prior to right after graduate, graduation, I taught uh, English in the uh, Little Village area mm-hmm. to uh, adults arriving in this in this country. And that, that sort of kindled my wish to go into government. Um, we... Um, my, uh, there was so an opportunity arose when the state representative, John Vitek, mm-hmm. his wife became ill and had to come home. I, there was an opportunity for me to serve in Springfield. So I went to Springfield first. Okay. I was in the Illinois House, and then I went to in the Illinois Senate. So I was down in Springfield from 1985 to 92. And that was probably a great, that was truly, truly a great experience. If you're ever able to be a member of the House or the Senate, I would urge you to run. Um, that is a great learning experience because you get in a body with 118 members in the House and 59 in the Senate. It is amazing how well you are able to work t- together. I have great friends who I serve with looking back in the Illinois House and Senate, uh, both Democrats and Republicans, and I keep in contact with them today. Uh, and then fast forward to uh, in redistricting, our, my district was predominantly, uh, I was pushing it to, it, three Democrats into one to district mm-hmm. with, when they did redistricting. And an opportunity opened up on the county board, and I decided to uh, go, go for that. Mm-hmm. And I've been on the county board from 90, since 92. Yeah, you've been a, you've been a long-serving yes, member. I've, of, yeah, I, I'm the longest-serving member now yeah. in the county board. No, I mean, it's so, incredible. But it is a uh, great experience. You see the role. You open this show by saying people really – have are totally unrelated to county government, right? Because unless you're you're arrested or go to the court system, you come into contact or, well, hold on a happy note, you get a marriage license or birth certificate. <clears throat> yeah. So that's your contact with your contact with county government is very unless you go to jury duty as well. Yeah. So um, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed every moment of it. I've had on the county board. There, as I said, there's 17 members. We run by districts. And uh, every 10 years, they'll be redistricting. Mm. And the makeup, this year, we have seven new commissioners. Okay. A year ago, seven new commissioners joined us. And that is the largest uh, changeover on the county board. And uh, there are 15 um, Democrats and two Republicans. Mm. You know, one of the things that I'm sure, you know, you've, you listen to the show, and we've had a number of, of candidates like yourself. You are on the ballot, as I mentioned. But... Uh, we've talked to a number of people running for the House and the Senate, and the, the amount of money that seems to be needed to run nowadays, right. that, that can't be the way it was in, in your day back in 1992. No, it, it wasn't, and that's a concern. That yeah. is concerned going forward, and that the individuals uh, will have an opportunity to run. But I still say that I don't care where if you get your name on the ballot and you have a good a couple of good issues run on those issues and uh, and 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 anyone is vulnerable you know well, they're probably calling you up to see if you've got a good issue there you know <laughs> so no i mean what you know it is funny let's let's pivot a little bit because i mean obviously we are in election season and i know you have thoughts on on the presidential candidates but i did also want to talk before we get to that about um our neighborhood you grew up in in bridgeport obviously mm-hmm. and you've seen uh, i've only been here um since 94. So what is that? 20, 25 plus years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I've seen a tremendous amount of change here and I'm very proud to be from the neighborhood. I'm, I'm sure you know that. Um, you know, I, I'm a transplant here, but I really do consider myself, I, I hope that I've been kind of grandfathered in as a, as a Bridgeport resident. What, what do you think of the changes that have come to this neighborhood and, and what have you seen in terms of 
um, the population, the the representation, um, and and the things that are, are happening around us. Well, needless to say, the changes are all for the positive. I have seen tremendous growth in this neighborhood, um, new ideas coming into this neighborhood, uh, new uh, every ethnic group has been welcomed into this community, and. Uh, Needless to say, there is a huge influx of Asians in this community. It has been. Our district is well represented by our state senator, Tony Munoz, a great, great senator. And the, the board, I'm sorry, is to, with Tony, Tony Munoz, Maddie Hunter yep. as a senator, senators. And then our state reps are Sonia Harper and Teresa Ma. Yep. Uh, all those four individuals serve this community well. But the change per se, it, it per se is, I think has helped this community become better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's vibrant. They have great schools, uh, both private and public schools, and it's a growing community and will only get better. And I think the people who've lived here all their lives have added to it, and each uh, as well as all the you know people who have moved in there. The yeah. new development, the new tenants coming in, and new renters, they are making this community much better. A place to live. You see the growth on Morgan, the improvements on Morgan yeah. Street, mm-hmm. the coffee shops, everything is adding to the vibrance of this great community. And of course, you know, if the Romova project is able to, you know, really reach what, what I think Pat and uh, Kevin hope it will, right. uh, that could be a, a touchstone. Of course, you probably went to the Romova. I did go kid. to the Romova, yeah. yes. But the whole, I think that if that, when that starts, then it's an impetus for the whole block, for all of Halston. And we've seen a lot of stores open at, uh, restaurants open at Halston. Yeah. People say shopping at Halston, they would want more stores and all that. But I think it is very hard yeah. today for any store to open up to compete with the, one of the people because people go to a mall or wherever they're going, they want to do all their shopping in one location. Yeah, and of course, I mean, I think we're seeing a lot of retail stores. I mean, Pier 1 obviously just declared, you know, uh, right. Chapter 11 protection. Uh it, it's hard for smaller um, smaller retails certainly right. to open up unless you have some kind of internet presence. I mean, I think even up in Wicker Park, what we've seen is is companies um, who already have that big internet storefront are starting to open some brick and mortar in in our city or New York right. or Los Angeles. But that it's harder to do it the other way around. Right. I think we've and seen. It, that's it. And I think there's small stores that have been in this community for their their whole life, and uh, we just saw Bridgeport Bakery re- reopen. Yep. Uh, that was a great store, and Polaris, a great yep. bakery, Ace Bakery, yep. uh, and uh, Bake For Me for the, at, at Halstead. These are all bake, bake, bakeries that made, made tremendously do a tremendous business, yeah. and they all love it. You know, and, and it's it's great that you mentioned Bridgeport Baker. I was in there the other day because, uh, you know, over at Mars, we have the Punchkey Fest coming up, and we, we ordered some Punchkeys from them. And I, I was so excited to meet the owner because a uh, really enthusiastic guy, right. really uh, passionate, um, greeting everybody. But, you know, he said to me, um, I, I, he said he felt really blessed that he could learn the business from, from, from Ron, Ron and Barbara. Right. Yeah, right. you know, I mean, that, that was the first thing he said. Uh, which really, uh, that was heartwarming to hear. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's been such a fixture in the community, and to have somebody come in and, I, I think, essentially rescue that, if you think about it. Right, you know? and I think he's um, he's also keeping the tradition of, like, the, uh, of, of Bridgeport Bakery, but is also going to add some new things yeah. to add for the community that is changing with the ethnic diversity of the agent. And yeah. I think that's a great 
uh, idea, and I think it will he'll, he'll do tremendously well. I think it's. You know, I just wish we could still get the soda fountain at Kunkas back. Home, that would be nice. Yes, you know, yes. I, I love the that. street. That I would know. be very good. I love that building too, yeah. with the beautiful storefront. Um, just one more thing. You know, it's about growing up in, in Bridgeport too, because I, you know, I, I, it's not often we get to talk to somebody that that's really seen it all. When when you were a kid growing up here, and uh, you know, obviously your family was very involved in Chicago politics. Did you dream that Chicago and this neighborhood would change as much as it had? And did you guys, when you were, you know, your, your brother obviously was the mayor and, and did a, a great, in my opinion, a great job at, at making sure this city was put on a, a sustainable track. But did you ever think that that this city would be able to kind of become the global destination that I think people think of it as now? Uh, not per se. Yeah, I, eventually, yeah, because my dad was mayor and then I saw right. the growth under him. And um, But, I mean, when I was growing up, there was – everyone described it as solid Irish neighborhood. It was never that right. solid. It was uh, – it was uh, Polish. It was Lithuanian, and we have what I would a tremendous influx of Hispanics at yeah. that time, and that was the growth. Now we see the Asian community growing, but I, th- you know, people always envision Chicago as a great city, uh, and I would see it as, uh, and traveling people would say, I what about coming to Chicago, and I think the vision of Chicago going from Al Capone days to what it is today changed it really helped help change the factor of the city. Let's talk a little bit. I know you I know you have some opinions in, about the Democratic primary. And, of course, the, the Democratic debate will happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Bloomberg, I believe, has just qualified for the debate. He's up to 19 percent. Uh, you know, your son and I talk about this fairly mm-hmm. frequently on the show. Um, I, I think that, you know, the feeling among some people is a sense of, worry that this hasn't been settled yet. I think there's a great enthusiasm to support a Democrat, particularly given what's gone on the White House and mm-hmm. uh, impeachment. And I think uh, a general feeling, um, you know, I don't want to sound too Chicago insular, but but I think there is a worry that um, due to what's going on in the White House, that we, we are in, in a big Democratic crisis. And I think there's an enthusiasm for a candidate, uh, almost any candidate, to, to go forward. What is your take on the the pool that we see before us? Well, this group of individuals who are running, it's probably one of the best pool of candidates for as Democrats to be uh, president of the United States. Each individual brings his or her individual perspectives to the how they, they view running this country. But I, I believe that primaries are great. They bring the best out. The people come out when there's a primary challenge. And I think it, it's an improvement for the um, for the party. Um, every individual, as I said, brings it. Um, and I, I, I the individuals who are running now, who are in the final, including Michael Bloomberg, mm-hmm. everyone said he, he or she cannot be the president. People said that four years ago when Donald Trump cleared the field right. of every Republican. He, no one gave him an ever thought he was going to pre- be president. But he cleared the field and came out very strong. But as I said, these individuals, I'm proud. I would support any of them. And I believe that they, they're individuals who will take, give uh, Donald Trump a very serious challenge and, and will defeat him. Well, of course, I think the same thing was said about Barack Obama. Right. You know, when oh. he came up, that he was not— 
Barack Obama, right. Everyone said there's no way he's going to win the uh, be yeah. president of the United States. But this country said yes, they would vote for an individual. Everyone said he couldn't be president because an African-American right. man would not be president of the United States. That was the proudest moment of our country yeah. to see when he was elected. Yeah, I got to say, when I, I you know went down to Grant Park, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, I'm, I'm— Yeah, I'm, it was, yes, and it was very— It was very emotional. Yes, extremely yeah, emotional. Absolutely. And I'm sure for the— African Americans who live in this in this city or country, when they saw that moment and were in that crowd or were watching it on TV or heard it, whatever, they were so proud of their country that Barack Obama was elected. Oh yeah, and I mean, I I remember getting on the L. It was a nonstop stream from the South Side on the Red Line up to Grand Park, right. and it was amazing. Right, it was fabulous. They, right. So uh, we're speaking with John Daly. He is from the uh, Cook County uh, Board of Commissioners. He's running for committee men. We need to take a, just a quick break to play some underwriting. This has flown along. Thank you so much for, for being here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to him a little more about politics, and then we're going to talk to him about something that I happen to truly care about, which is gardening and bridge boards. So <laughs> stick around. We'll be right back. If you enjoy listening to Radio Free Bridgeport and other programs like this on Lumpen Radio, consider becoming a member today. More information is at lumpenradio.com. Hey, welcome back to WLPNLP Chicago 105.5 FM. This is Lumpen Radio, and I'm speaking with John Daly. Not little John. He's down in Springfield. He's going to kill me for saying that, and God bless him. He's probably trying to call me right now, actually. Uh, But we are with his father, John Daly, and as I mentioned at the top of the show when uh, I was out, my father filled in, so turnabout is fair play. Uh, And John Daly, uh, the senior, of course, as we've been talking, is a politician. He serves in Cook County government. We've been discussing for the first half of the show what Cook County government does, what what his role is. And, of course, now you're running for committee man. We didn't even mention Mm -hmm. what what does a committee man do? A committee man is a – needless to say, you run as Democrat or Republican. And uh, your whole purpose is at slating – to slate people who you – believe should run for county office if they appear before the central committee. Okay. There's 80, 80s uh, committeeman or committee person is a terminology. Okay. I, should, I correct myself, it's committee person. And uh, it is a, a group of uh, 50 individuals from the city of Chicago and 30 from the suburban area. And we come together and we would slate, uh, sometimes slate for various offices on the county, okay. uh, a judicial slate, as well as usually slate up or endorse candidates, I should say, for uh, governor and uh, state offices as well. Okay, so you're trying to find and vet candidates that would be a good fit for, for positions and then put them right. up and, and— Right, but the individuals come in themselves. So okay. we have an open session where anyone who wants to run can't come in to appear, uh, usually in August. Okay. is a slate, is a open session. So individuals come in, make their presentation uh, initially, and then they come back again in— uh, like late late September, late September, okay, and then we we decide whether or not we're going to endorse or not endorse, okay, at the time. So somebody, for example, somebody like a Teresa Ma come, comes in. No, uh, that would be and Teresa Ma would be on the uh, local level. Oh, okay, level. Uh, but in, in the past, we have not done that. Okay. Uh, uh, for the state reps and state senators okay. in the area. So it would be something more, uh, is it more on the county level? It would be or? on the county level. So somebody like Tom Dart. Uh, Tom Dart. He would okay. be slated okay. the treasurer of the county, the uh, 
president of the county board, state's okay. attorney, recorder, the uh, recorder, which okay. by the way is now combined with the uh, the clerk of of the county. Okay, uh, and that, was that Dorothy Brown that used to be the clerk? Dorothy, uh, Karen, uh, no, Dorothy Brown was the clerk of the circuit court. Okay, uh, the clerk of Cook County was David Orr. And, oh, David Orr. And, uh, David Orr. Of course. And now is Karen Yarbrough. You know, David Orr. Um, he had served in the Harold Washington administration. Am I correct? Yeah, he served. Yes, and then he was. Uh, Mayor for a day or two after yeah. when, when Mayor Washington and, you know, I, He came to Lumpen Radio. This is a story I never get tired of saying. You know, he did one day a year, I believe, he married people at City Hall. Right. He actually married my wife and I. Oh, he did. And he, he came in and came in a Lumpen Radio. Of course, I didn't know him from Adam. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, But he came in a Lumpen Radio, and I looked at the guy, and I said, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, who, who are you? And and he's like, you know, I remember you guys because it, it was one day in February that he was Right, there. I think he, quite honestly, it was around maybe Valentine's it Day. It was, he exactly, does. yeah. That's exactly. when he, he And now Kieran Yarber has yeah. continued that tradition. Yeah, no, it's great. And he, uh, such a nice man, too, by right. the way. David's right. great. Um, let's just finish up again on, on the presidential candidates because they are going to speak tomorrow. You know, I – to be honest with you, I again, I would be happy to support any of them. I don't really feel like I have a dog in the fight. I was a little taken aback, however, by the the finishes of both Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren, who I thought were a little stronger, I guess, and maybe a little more popular. Did did those surprise you? Those results in Iowa, and New Hampshire? They did, but I, you know, those two states are very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually they're harder for Democrats to win in November. If you look back four right. years ago, Donald Trump carried the state of Iowa probably by the largest margin since Ronald Reagan. Right. In New Hampshire, uh, I think Hillary barely carried. Right. Those states are important to the process of the whole primary system, uh-huh. but I, I, I don't think they define the system. I think Nevada and next week South Carolina will be a better testing and um, I personally believe that we, they probably should look towards regional primaries yeah. where rather than these. And, the, you know, something has to change. Right. And I believe um, I was surprised. Yes, definitely. Everyone had to be shocked that Joe Biden, former uh, vice president, did not do as well as he anticipated and uh, right. as, as well as Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren adjacent to, um, you know, New Hampshire. Right. I, I just thought as a Massachusetts, you know, representative, she would have, I mean, I could see Bernie Sanders performing well, obviously, right. because of his proximity. But I was surprised that Pete Buttigieg did as, as well as he did. I was, yes. And Warren's I have to say, proximity. Mayor Pete is surprised a lot of people. Yep. A lot of people say that, you know, uh, he would never be, couldn't, should never, would never be president of the United States. I would never have to, uh, uh, underestimate Mayor Pete. No. Whatsoever. His ability to talk to people uh, is strong, yeah. and I believe he would be a very strong contender. Yeah. Uh, Bernie, Sander, Bernie, Bernie Sanders four years ago carried this di- congressional district. Yes, he did. And that's he correct. shocked everyone. Yeah, that's correct. So I would say the Bernie Sanders should never be discounted. And uh, I, as I said, every Amy, Amy for, uh, uh, Senator Kovacar yeah. yeah. uh, surprised everyone in a strong debate right. uh, last time. And uh, Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg will be a strong contender. And people will say, is it only money? I think people – you it, I think people will look at it just for what he stands for, yeah. and believe, if they believe in him, they will vote for him. People many times underestimate the how smart the public is. Yeah, and I think you know, of course, he was the mayor of New York City, so he does have a record, and that's you know, he has a record, and every you know. every any contender for running for president has a record that they could challenge. Yeah. But I don't think, and that's unfortunate. They're taking whether it be the. Uh, 
uh, one issue against that individual, and right. I, I think there's more to it than it defines him. On yeah, the, on that. Yeah, no, and I agree with you on that. One, just before we get off this subject, you know, I know that uh, Governor uh, Pritzker, you know, uh, maybe. Joke, half jokingly said, you know, Illinois should replace Iowa. Iowa the, the Iowa caucus obviously was was a bad look. Right. A very <laughs> yeah, bad. Look. You know, let's be right. honest here. Uh, does that give you concern at all? I mean, you're obviously very plugged into this stuff. I, right, it is concerning. But I, I and again, I mean, they tried a new system. Right. Everyone wanted these changes, so they tried it, and it became much more complicated. I think that than they had anticipated. Right. Um, but let's face it, that gave the catalyst to President Obama yeah, and every other true. president. Donald Trump, I mean, people carried those states, and they went on to be president of the United States. So whether or not Illinois would be the first, which uh, the governor uh, mentioned, I think it should be seriously looked at. And um, But I think the fact that you do maybe look at more regional primaries would right. be much smarter. Yeah, no, I, okay, interesting point. Well, let's again, I, I've promised this because it's something that I am – particularly passionate and listeners can can turn us off if they're not at all but gardening and i know right. you're a passionate right. gardener you've how long have you been gardening in i've been for? doing it for well my i uh, i've done I have a house we're in now is how we're there 25 years and prior they had 19 years and when i was okay. at home living at home at my parents house at 35th and um at 35th and low i did it there so okay. what i started off by just planting a few tomatoes on the on the side yard uh-huh. on the south side of the yard uh, and then in essence just forgetting about it we went away for the summer uh-huh. and when we came back we had a huge flock of <laughs> tomato plants that we had to pick yeah. and since then i went on from that to you know uh, growing you know various vegetables whether it be lettuce uh zucchini is very hard it seems like very yeah. hard in the city and it gets that mold on it and then yeah. that uh carrots beets at anything that we consume uh I, I try to grow, and then I took a did a fig tree last this past uh, year. Oh wow! Okay, and um, it's still surviving. Um, uh, well, yeah, figs can grow, I believe, in this climate. Yes, yes, yeah. they do. And then you bring it uh, to uh, uh, bring it in during the winter, or right. bury it. Some people bury it, uh-huh. or put a, a, a sack on it uh, and cover it. But a lot of people bury it and. Uh, covered with appropriate soil yeah we we grew lemons last year we did bring that in and we had tea plants which was a little interesting oh. uh we've got burlap on the tea plants but okay. uh um, and then milkweed is a good great for uh, yeah for the butterflies so i i try to grow that and any other flub a lot of flowers in the well, I mean, I've seen pictures. You've had peregrine falcons in your yard. Yes, we and, did. Yes, and you've had uh, hummingbirds and all kinds H- of stuff. Hummingbirds, falcons, mockingbirds. Uh, yeah, the parrots from uh, Hyde Park. Yeah, they came over there, and, and they were very, very noisy. Uh, that's what I heard. Extremely yeah. noisy. <laughs> and uh, so, um, but the um, I enjoy it. I'm looking uh-huh. to see whether or not we continue. Maybe do a bee a beehive, uh-huh. a bee for honey in that in the community and. Uh, but I think the more gardens we could have in the in the community would be much better. Would be better off. Did you have to? Did you do raised beds? Did you remediate the soil? No, or? I I did re, redo the soil, but okay. I have not done raised beds, and um, I'm looking at it um, maybe this uh, summer. You know, I we went and there was a sale over at one of the home stores, and they had very cheap uh, cedar planks, so mm-hmm. I bought untreated cedar, and uh, I made a bunch of raised beds um, after our our house fire. 
and it was it was it better to do that you know than to have to dig up the entire backyard mm -hmm. you know obviously um, I did get some soil in but we have had a lot of luck with carrots with um, kind of the normal clay soil you get in Bridgeport mixed up with grit and, and sand mm -hmm. uh, very productive beets we we had problems though with onions last year um, and as you mentioned, we had problems with squashes. You know, the squashes were, were not as prolific as they could have been. Well, I had carrots and vegetables, but I had a big problem. My problem last year was the rabbits. Oh, uh, yeah, Tremendous of amount of rabbits. Uh, more than I've ever seen uh, this past, last summer. They were just really ate everything from starting off early in the spring with the tulips yeah. all the way to the fall when the produce comes out. And, you know, and I— the, and the uh, but rabbits did a good number on the card. Well, it's funny. I think people think you know in the city it's going to be rats, and rabbits actually are far more Com right. Yeah, right. And I tried, did corn a couple of years. Okay, and what's sort of successful with it, and then these squirrels sort of destroyed them. You know. Yeah, I think we had um, we have a big area for strawberries now. Um, I have not gotten blueberries in because I, I don't think the soil's um, alkaline enough. Mm -hmm. But we did a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a ziggurat raised bed. So the, the strawberries could go on three levels. Okay, and then okay. Then they drape down. Yeah. Uh, but we had to cover them because the birds were just going to town on them. Right. And uh, we, we weren't getting any, you know. Well, I had the same experience with uh, raspberries. Oh, yeah. Because right. raspberries, once they start off, they really uh, produce extremely well from year, year to year. And I had... Uh, it was rabbits, and uh, that rabbits, because of the uh, uh, the plant, I, it was more the birds eating the raspberries. Okay. And, of course, what, what do you do to attract the birds to your yard? We put out some feeders this year, and I, I did not – I certainly didn't see any peregrine falcons. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I had those prior to um, – they came really on their own. It was just okay. one morning I saw them in the backyard. I have a – on the fence, and they were uh, there were at least five of them out there, and I think John has shared that picture with you. Yeah, yeah, and, of course. And then, um, but I do put bird seed out. Okay. And uh, the squirrels are doing a number on that, but I track all various types of birds. Okay. With the bird seed, so it's um, and I've you mentioned rats. I they I knock on wood. I've not seen them. Be, yeah. People say many times they attract bird seed does attract. Rats, but I have not seen that. Yeah, I. But there's a lot of in this community. People love to garden. Yes, and they there are yeah, a, yeah. a lot more people than we realize. And they eating your own uh, produce is a tremendous is healthy. I don't use any spray or any no, no, pesticide no. on it, and it's uh, it's amazing how well it tastes and grows. Oh yeah, I most of the neighbors around us. Um, I have an older Croatian couple uh, a couple doors down, uh, and they grow wine grapes. Still, okay. and uh, I think they're still. You guys make wine too, don't you? you my my son, John does. Okay, and I know he makes it with his friends. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Over whether it be uh, I think, uh, Tommy Tommy and Benny oh right and, right uh, right Anthony Scalise as well. Yeah yeah there, so. Anthony yeah yeah. You know he gave me a bottle of that last year for Christmas. I got to say it was delicious. I I didn't know that he had he had made it. Yeah. You know he just showed up with it, and I was like, well, you know this is a hidden talent, That's John. Right. I didn't and know I you think had. it's pretty strong though. Uh, yeah. it was it was actually. I think maybe he, maybe he took it easy on me. I don't oh, okay. know. You know, maybe he didn't he didn't kill me with one. But it was it was actually I had it with uh, I think Christmas dinner last year. And it was delicious actually. Um, but yeah, we the the older Croatian couple next to us still grows wine grapes. Um, 
our neighbor next to us grows, she's from Guadalajara and she grows a lot of peppers. Uh, and they've both been in the neighborhood at least 40 years. Okay. You know what I mean? So I, I hear what you're saying. We, um, I'm an avid gardener and so is my wife. And I, my mom um, grew up on a, on a farm. You know what I mean? So when uh, she moved uh, out to the country in Connecticut, uh, they bought a non-working dairy farm and have just an enormous amount of, of land that they dig up. It's it's very uh, jealousy-inducing because, you know, they, they can grow basically anything they want. And here I kind of have to pick and choose. What are the, the things, I mean, you've got the most experience here in Bridgeport. What what are the things that have produced the most for you over the years? I mean, tomatoes obviously are... I, I would say, well, again, last year, though, I was shocked. Last year, I my tom- the tomatoes weren't as successful. Yeah, I would agree I, with you. Yeah. I, I, so it was you know, green beans. It was peppers. I'm lucky my my neighbor Michael Burns and Christine Burns let me use their yard, okay. backyard. So my yard, I have more flowers. But oh, you've got yard. two. You got I have two. two yards. Yards. Oh, so mine is more okay. flowers. Okay. The Burns' yard okay. is more um, vegetables. And uh, so uh, lettuce, surprisingly, even though with the rapids was mm-hmm. successful. Um, and uh, the, needless to say, raspberries, carrots, carrots were very and yeah. onion, onions were unbelievable. Huh. Uh, last year, and I I put them in a pot. Okay, uh, I did not put them in the ground this year, and I found found that more be more successful in a big clay pot. Okay, I might take you up on that because I mean we um, we did beets last year, mm. and they were delicious. Loved yes. them, a lot of beets, and it was great. I didn't do potatoes last year because my wife really doesn't eat them very much, mm. but there's nothing like digging a new potato. No, right, I, I really am quite right. fond of that. I will say one thing that we did grow last year, which I thought was pretty unusual, was peanuts. My well, wife grew that's peanuts. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, and we did get a crop. Uh, we took a um, a tub, uh, one of those you know metal tin. You know what I'm talking about, like yeah, a tin correct. wash tub, yes. old mm-hmm. tin tub. Uh, she filled it with soil and then some compost and straw, and we had peanuts. And how quick did they produce? Was it? It was. I think I want to say 60 days. If she's listening, she'll probably text yeah. me. But I, I think it was between 60 and 90 days. And. Um, you know, I would joke throughout the year, you know, the peanut crop is, is what we're staking this that's on. I mean, I never thought, you know, that's good to know. Yeah, but we, we were able to get it. And I think we I think we started it because we saw, if I remember correctly, and I could be telling a fib here, but I think we saw it on like a British garden show. Somebody had grown peanuts in like the south of England, okay. which is a fairly close, you know, crop, to, uh, mm-hmm. fairly close climate to ours. So I was like, well, maybe we can. Uh, but you, I can attest, you can grow peanuts in Bridgeport. Okay, it's That's great. An, I learned something today. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> so you you go. want to learn, learn something every learn day. Learn something every day. Yeah. Um, before we, you know, before we let you go, and thank you so much, honestly, oh, it's for an spending honor to be with you. Well, and, you know, and I mentioned Baby Johnny, and people, some people call him <laughs> yeah. LBJ. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A little Johnny. Well, I mean, he could be angrily texting me right now. I, I haven't. No, I haven't heard from him. So, yeah. um, he's probably busy in Springfield. Mm-hmm. But you know, before we let you go, is what are the things again? You're you're up and running on a post however is there something that you're really um looking forward to as kind of a signature issue uh for this next term at cook county i would say that at cook county uh, which i was elected in um, 18 that uh, we have to con- continue to provide qu- quality health care and wh- what we, it is today might be totally different uh than what it is going to be a year, two years from now. Yeah. But I think the people of this county know we have to provide it. And then the uh, continu- continuation of uh, public safety in this community. Uh, and that means uh, some adjustments to how we view we, the, the amount of money we spend. I think it was 100, I think it's 170 
three dollars a day to keep someone in Cook County. Wow! And, and that's there's people who deserve should be in jail. There's no doubt about it. But I think we have to view it and start putting more uh, money, which the public safety people have into other alternative program, whether it be the sheriff's program, state's attorney, the chief judge, right. and better drug enforcement programs and pro- uh, areas that they need. People need help, and we have to provide it for them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point because, I mean, obviously the drug problem has, has hit Because everybody. if we don't provide it, we're, we pay it in the long run as yeah, taxpayers. absolutely. And, I mean, I know Pat mentioned when he was on the show that he, he really hoped we could get more money for, for mental health programs because mm-hmm. I, I think, as you mentioned, you know, Tom Dart said, you know, he's running of the biggest mental health right. program in the right. in the state, and that's that's not right. Unfortunately, right. we we do need more for that. Right. So, everybody, we have been speaking with John Daly, not the normal John Daly, but John Daly Senior. He is Cook County politician. He's been in the community for a long time, and we're delighted to have had him here. Thanks so much good for joining us. Thank you. Thank no, you very much. No, really appreciate it. And good luck on your garden. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Good yeah. luck in your garden care, too. Thank okay, you. take care. So we're going to hear a couple tunes, and then we're going to get cloud tones in a couple minutes. You're listening to Radio Free on Lumpen Radio. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM. This is Lumpen Radio. It is Radio Free Bridgeport, and right now in a John Daly session, it's Cloud Tone. Hey everyone, we're Cloud Tone.
It's called Naps.
Gordon wants to say sorry for blowing your minds with his incredible effects. Dream your world in 
Well, sure enough, you float away Dead or not, well, plants will grow And then you'll know you stay too late Way down and on Ships are changing recent single. It's on Spotify. It's called Arrival. Deformed, 
And you have been listening to Cloud Tone as part of a John Daly session right here on Lumpen Radio. We're running out of time on today's edition of Radio Free, but we're going to try to get those kids in here and talk to them for a couple minutes. Let's play a tune and see if we can bum rush them into Studio B. You are listening once again to WLPNLP Chicago 105.5 FM. It's Lumpen Radio. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to WLPNLP Chicago 105.5 FM. This is Lumpen Radio, and I'm here with the members of Cloud Tone uh, going around the room. I don't even know why I bother to do that. This is not TV. But anyway, Veronica is to my immediate left. Hank, Sam, Jordan, how you guys doing? What's up? Doing great. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks so much. So uh, I noticed you guys have a single out on Bandcamp. I think you've done some stuff on Spotify, right? Yes. Uh, that is cloudtone.bandcamp.com if you want more information on you guys. Tell us a little bit about what you guys played for us today. Sure, I'll jump in. This is our, I guess, our first set uh, that we wrote last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been together as a band now for a little bit over, Just over, a, year. over a year. Yeah, started playing out last uh, March, last March, last April, April. and so we've yeah. been gigging the uh, the same set, give or take a few. Okay. Um, yeah. Kind yeah. of a mix of our different musical yeah. influences. Those I guess. last three were our three singles. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's on the docket to record the rest for 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was uh, Sam and uh, Jordan, right? Yes. Sam and Jordan speaking. Hank is kind of over there in the drum drum land. He's over there. Uh, Veronica's over here. Um, guys, tell us a little bit about what you know. I would describe that um, kind of shimmery style that you're playing, kind of dream pop stuff. It reminded me a little bit of Explosions in the Sky. What was the kind of wow, what were the uh, influences you guys had? Should we go around the room? Um, well, I think a lot of the time we um, say palm. Okay. Is like an influence or crumb. Okay. Yeah. Part of those mm-hmm. Things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work at a radio station. Yeah. 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 Y
Yeah, we like we like those too. Hank is a big. I think our Hank is influenced by Paul mostly. He studies. He he tries to incorporate a lot of polyrhythmic elements and sample elements into his drumming, which I think is really fantastic. Um, but yep. the rest of us are all around the place. Yeah, no, I appreciate the explosions in the sky. That's like a influence in the background. You know, yeah, like it's like a really hardcore thing. I listen to a lot. Little touchdown kind of thing. Yeah, it's really awesome to hear that it comes through because may not be intentional, but that's awesome to like, you know. Have, cool. Have yeah, we, we've had some other like uh, kind of vaporwave and dream pop. I was trying to think there's a there's another uh, there's a show here called The Butter Hours mm-hmm. and uh, Eric Stryker and a couple of bands A Color Card is one of them okay. that uh, kind of do some similar stuff to you guys. Where have you guys been playing out? That's a great question. We've hit subterranean. A, sub, we did subterranean upstairs la- a few weeks ago, which was really exciting. Um, this year, we've done Sleeping Village. Oh, that's a great um, place. Oh yeah, yeah super yeah. cool. We we got to open for um, uh, Space Gators uh, that show and Boa touring band from yeah. Kentucky. They're great. And um, where else? We did Shubas last year. Shubas, were big ones. Yeah. Mostly DIY gigs, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, a lot of stuff in that. DIY Chicago. It's the summer right. of DIY. Yeah. yeah, and how good, you know, one of the things we talk to bands about a lot, we only have a, a couple minutes left here, but, you know, when, when we get, you know, we've been fortunate, first of all, thanks to Ari, to have a lot of bands come in, and they're kind of all over the spectrum, yeah. you know what I mean? We don't really... Um, have a genre that that we plug into. We've had everybody from Highland pipe bands to uh, <laughs> death metal, so um, which is fun, yep. you know. But we we usually ask um, all the musicians about what their experiences are really with other musicians in Chicago, because we've found a lot of people come to us and say, you know, it's it's remarkable. A lot of people have been really willing to work with us across genres and, and do different sort of things. We've had a lot of hip-hop people come in and say, you know, I'm working with some jazz and some classical people. We've had some metal people come in and say, you know, I was really interested in, in working with this cello player, you know, that I, I heard. Have you guys found um, that part of, of what seems to be a fairly welcoming space? Have you guys experienced that? Yeah, yeah definitely. I think we've made a lot of friends. Um, Whenever we play with a bunch of other people, usually we keep them in the back of our minds for like reaching out if we have a gig and need other bands. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just maybe representative of that, we have a gig coming up in April at Burlington Bar, and it's Supernova, who's a really talented guitar player and producer, and Free Snacks, who's oh, like yeah. a mm-hmm. hip-hop dude in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's going to be a really um, genre-diverse bill, I feel like, and just kind of mm-hmm. shows the the range of people who are willing to play together which is nice yeah yeah it's a little unusual in in, in this city still mm-hmm. how did you are you guys all from chicago or did you guys move here or what's going on none of us none of us, yeah, none of us. okay so where are you guys from we all met uh i've been in colorado most recently uh Veronica's in california hank's from georgia yeah. sam was in i'm Nashville, from southwest virginia, virginia and okay Tennessee, yeah. Yeah. yeah what what brought you all to to this cold desolate windswept <laughs> plane School. We met in school, yeah. 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 Which one? We yeah. went to University of Chicago okay. for undergrad, and then um, that's where romance goes to die. I'm told. Yes. But music flourishes. But music flourishes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What did you What did you guys study at UC then? Oh. I did environmental studies. Okay. Yeah. Same I did sociology. sociology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Hank actually just got into grad school. Oh, no kidding. For okay. a neuroscience PhD. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Well, I have epilepsy, so you and I have a lot to talk about. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually have a VNS uh, pacemaker stimulator, so you know we can we can talk all about you know modern neuroscience if you want. Get really get really nerdy here for a second. <laughs> yeah. Nerd out. Uh, yeah, neuroscience nerd out. Uh, what do you guys have coming up next? I, again, I saw the single coming up on Bandcamp. You guys have an album coming out, or what's the scoop? 
I think that's the plan. We're, we're going to start heading to the recording studio uh, this spring to finish out recording the rest of our um, our set and try to play our first album, mm-hmm. I think, um, hopefully by the summer. So that's a plan. Otherwise, just playing shows around Chicago cool. as they come in. Yeah. Same same studio doing it with uh, Tim over at Nuzzles, or? Um, y- yes and no. no. We're, we're doing all over the place. Yeah. Free, yeah, but... If you have any wrecks, we're also trying to find new stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, electrical audio is great, but they're expensive. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's another good thing. We, everyone at Chicago, encourage you to work with other people. So, yeah, Tim at Noiseless has been so fantastic, but it's also like go out and explore yeah. other studios, yeah. which yeah. is fantastic. We yeah. Yeah. him through a friend. It was great. Yeah. 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 Of course, there's a, you know, there's a lot of, stu- one of the good things about Chicago, too, is there's uh, such a wide variety of studios and spaces, and people have gear and, you know, show up and record people all over yeah, the place. Exactly. So, that's kind of wild. Very cool. So your next gig is in April. What day is that? Oh, actually, uh, March seventh and oh. March tenth. Oh, next as well year. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So have, uh, March seventh is Lava Goals, uh, and they're a touring band from Nashville with Peppermint Boys, also from Nashville, Nashville, and Kirby Grip, who are friends in Chicago. Yep. Where's that gig at? Um, it is a house show, so you okay. can message us for the address. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then Burlington Bar is the next big bar gig in yeah. April. April fifth. So we, uh, we have March tenth, Tuesday. It's uh, Jay Wood. Oh, right, yeah. right, 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 another yeah. touring act. Mm-hmm. We found. Yeah. I don't think we nailed that one down yet, but it'll happen. Yeah, it's in the works. After that, but in April. All this information will be on our Instagram, at cloudtone underscore, if you yeah. want dates. Yep, that's great. Again, more information, uh, cloudtone.bandcamp.com. You're also on Facebook. Um, you have some stuff on Spotify, right? We do, yes. yeah. We have uh, three singles on Spotify. Okay, cool. Um, follow us. We SoundCloud. love the follows. All SoundCloud. right, all dope. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming in. We really, really appreciate it, man. It's been great. Uh, next week, uh, the show's all, the show is over, guys. So next week on Radio Free, um, we've got two more politicians. I think uh, Bobby uh, Martinez Olson's in with uh, Freud Jimenez. Uh, they'll be speaking. I know Ari's got a band. I think it's Jared Rubin. Um, but, you know, I, I don't keep the schedule, man. I just talk. So, uh, But for all of us here at Radio Free and Lump and Ready, guys, thanks so much. We really, 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 really appreciate it. And we'll see everybody next week right here on Radio Free.